she isn't afraid to dissect an issue, even if it ruffles some feathers. With Global Top Talkers, here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. It is time for our Global Talkers. Let's bring them in. we got the, the two big guys here, which is perfect for what I want to talk about. Jason Chapman, executive producer here at Global News Radio, and Mackay Taggart, news director over at our sister station, Global News Toronto. Hi, guys. Who are you calling Good big? Well, you're, well, you can fire me, so you're big, okay? <laughs> but you're just too Whatever. nice, so I know it won't happen. <laughs> Whatever. I've had too many libations. I apologize. Perfect. Okay, right. let's talk about John Gameshi, um, shall we? I would, you know, let me ask you this, because he put out this editorial that he wrote for a pretty um, splashy New York uh, book review called Reflections from a Hashtag. I gave it a read, and it was much longer than I would have preferred, but I read through it, kind of showed some contrition, talked about the case, what it's been like, you know, suicide uh, was a thought that ran through his mind. He's been vilified. Uh, It was, okay, we heard from him. It's the first time he's broken in silence. I'll start with you on this, uh, Mackay. Does he get a second chance? That's a a tough question. I think it's a question that only people willing to give him that chance uh, can answer. And I I personally, if I was uh, posed that question, I'd say no. I don't think I don't think based on what we read in the essay today, he uh, he obviously refers to the fact that he doesn't uh, he can't apologize for things that didn't happen. But we know that there were things that did happen that might not have been illegal because he talks a lot about having been acquitted. But just because things aren't illegal doesn't make them right or, or acceptable. And that's probably one of the many reasons why he's no longer employed at the CBC. And he doesn't acknowledge that behavior. And I think that for that reason, he is not at this point worthy of, or deserving of a second chance. I mean, there could be legal reasons around that, Jason. I mean, there may be civil issues that he's got to be careful of what he can say and what he cannot say. So I, I don't want to kind of guess as to why he would take that tone. I know the guy, and I'm, I think probably you guys both do too. So if I read it, I can read it through his voice and kind of figure out how he's saying it. But Jason, he was never convicted. He may have been charged. He might not be the kind of guy you want to date, might be a jerk on a date, but he's not a convicted criminal. He was yeah. cleared. Great. Congratulations. You're acquitted because... The Crown was a disaster in this case. Oh, I would say that I'd say the witnesses were the disaster. Well, sure, but I mean, the, the Crown's responsibility is to prep those witnesses and make sure that they're ready to go on the stand. They didn't do that. You're right. He was acquitted of all charges. Don't pen an editorial, though, unless you're going to be 100% honest. And don't couch your words. Come out and say, I did nothing wrong. Come out and say that, and then let the cards fall where they will. Do you think he could have said that? Do you think he could have said that? Really? It's interesting that two guys are saying that. In there, he said he made mistakes, though. Expand on those mistakes. Own those mistakes first. That first editorial should have been all about that word mistake. Yes, everybody is entitled to a second chance. But don't justify your actions and say, yep, I made mistakes. Come out with a clean, I effed up. Yeah, that's the word you need to use. I effed up. Here's how I effed up. You'll hear from more of me, but right now I need to own this all, acquittal or no acquittal. As he points out in his, in his essay, he was, uh, before the Me Too movement was the Me Too movement, he was that guy. He might not have been the most famous, but he was the first, as he says. And I think what... what he could have done, and he talks a lot about his past as a, as a feminist and as someone who had studied uh, uh, progressive thought, and, and yet he doesn't use this opportunity to affect the conversation or 
move the conversation forward that we're all having societally now in the wakes of Gian Gomeshi and Harvey Weinstein and Kevin Spacey and the likes. And so I think it's a real missed opportunity. We, everybody was waiting. It's been four years since these allegations surfaced. Everyone's been waiting for him to respond and to shed some light on what went on in his own mind and in his own actions. And he, and he failed to do that. Instead, he opened the essay by talking about an encounter he had with a friendly young woman and ended it with the same, the same way about a meeting a woman on a train in Paris after all of this and being able to have a conversation with her. And he patted himself on the back for not uh, asking for her number at the end. Like, it, it, just, it, it doesn't Bingo. seem like there was a lot of substance here beyond Giango Meshi talking about Giango Meshi. Right, which would be not so unusual if you're a celebrity. Of course, for Giango Meshi. Well, or, or a, lot of, a lot of guys in the business. I mean, back in that time, there were a lot of Giango Meshis. Look, you know. I find it interesting, though, that I'm hearing more men seem more offended by it. I wasn't well, all that offended by it. Look, I, I, I just look at it. For women. What's that? Offended. I, I saw women, woman after woman. And I think Kelly Catrera, one of our other hosts on the station, said it best. And I think you were alluding to it, too. But Gian Gomeshi misses the spotlight. And that's what I read in this article a lot. He misses. Obviously, he alluded to Q and missing Q. I think this was his sort of cry to say, I miss the attention on me. And Mackay points out the, the story about the woman. Oh, I didn't give her, her my name. She, she didn't know. I, you know, there was this sense of like, can't sort of believe she didn't know who I was, never gave her her name. I, I think, think what's also unfortunate is, is during, the, during that essay is he talks about how many men reached out to him and yeah. said, oh, the same thing has happened to me or could have happened to me based on maybe poor choices earlier in their lives. And I think what's disappointing there is he didn't, he didn't, condemn the behavior or condemn the trend. He said he made himself sort of look like the guy who took the fall for his gender uh, on the eve of, of a reckoning. And I think that that is just, it, and I understand why a lot of women that Jason points out on social media today were, were scoffing at this because it really doesn't deserve or doesn't deliver the, the sense of, of um, acceptance that people wanted him to, to deliver. Yeah, it's interesting. I kind of took, took a different stance on it. But uh, interestingly, it came out on the same day that his lawyer, Marie Heenan, uh, had posted something in the Globe and Mail. And I thought, oh, what, isn't that interesting? She puts yep. out a big kind of high profile article and then noon falls and you send out an email going, Jung Gomeshi's kind of, and I'm like, what? But Alex, interesting. do you think Doug Ford's going to take up Marie Hennan's challenge? To, uh, Marie Hennan wants to teach Doug Ford about the uh, Constitution and law of the land. Do you think Doug's going to take that challenge? No, and, and he shouldn't. Look, I like Marie Hennan. I've covered a number of her cases. She, there, there is not a sharper mind out there in legal circles, and I would not want to go head to head with her because she'd crush me. However, I do tend to disagree with her on, on certain points. And that, and I didn't like that line. I thought that was a little bit too precious um, to say, let me teach you, because while she is right in some areas, a lot of areas, I, I disagree with her on some of the way that she read it. You know, the foundation's fine. Ford is acting within his rights in the Constitution, but the, the where she and I disagree is she believes that the court was right, and I believe that the court overreached. And I don't think the court's there to make the laws. It I isn't. Think what, 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 what's interesting that has come out certainly in the last week is that the notwithstanding clause is is lives inside a legal document, and very few of us, I don't think any of us on, on in this conversation, are lawyers. But I think what it what it points to is that there is this fundamental legal uh, definition that no one has a clear idea of what it actually means. And we've seen, you know, great minds of, on both sides of the argument come out and argue one way or another. And I think it's, it's somewhat dangerous that we have this, as people have called it, political nuclear bomb that can be used and that there isn't one um, solid understanding of how it is to be used or, or by whom and when.
Right. And the fact that we haven't used it in this province tells you that we're okay. I, I don't have the henny penny skies falling uh, kind of attitude uh, that most people do. I mean, I'm sure he could have used it at a better time. However, um, I, I believe that, you know, the province runs the show. Period. I, I mean, listen, I, I'm, I don't feel sorry for this. city councils is what I'm saying. <laughs> So I, Alex, I'm worried that Doug has opened up this conversation. I don't think he got enough attention. Doug has started to go down this path that America's gone down, and that's pitting legislators against judges. I don't like that conversation, uh, man. I don't like it. I know, but I don't like it when judges make up kind of like reasons. Like, you know, I don't like it when they vote against things like Trans Mountain because they see charter issues that, to me, we're seeing a little bit too much in this country of charters being kind of bent around and manipulated so that we can get the rulings we want. That's what concerns well, me. Stand yeah. up, there politicians, and you know, stand up and write some damn laws. Tackle the difficult well, they did. issues. <laughs> well, I mean, but they continue to not touch all sorts of issues. I mean, prostitution is one of those ones. We won't go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> Legislators, write some clearer laws and grow a set so that they're clearer to judges. Judges use the law oh. to make their decisions, make yeah. clearer laws. I wish we had more time, guys, because I, I would like to prove hey, you man. both wrong. But <laughs> I'm like, damn, I got to go, but I want to level you on that one. All right, I have to go. I got to go eat. <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you very much. Appreciate it. That is uh, Makai Taggart and Jason uh, Chapman.